And Craig has been quite nice these days. He hasn't been dropping out lately. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Touch touch wood. <laughs> touch wood. Um, I'm touching wood. It's so- like Patrick Rothfuss when he thinks about the Hobbit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Before we start, I do wanna do wanna actually decide what the title of this podcast is. I'm I'm fine with growth, growth killer. I think it's fine. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm I'm partial to it's cause we have segment on who watches the watch called Shame of the Wind, which I like, yeah. but um it would be pilfering a bit from something else. <laughs> it would set us up as a spin-off podcast for Who Watches the Watch. Which to be fair, it kind of is because I did start <laughs> this podcast is. after listening to your podcast on how much you just shit talk Pat. <laughs> so in a way this is a spin-off podcast of who watches the watch this world podcast it's also just like the powers of who watches the watch and pot of greed and uh, my pot cabbages united <laughs> in in one and daniel. product <laughs> you and daniel <laughs> and, and you were on like a pot of greed special thing right that is, yeah, that is true that is true that's true and the institutional legitimacy of a, a top tier private school of the US. So they couldn't say that with a fucking straight face. Jesus. Sorry, I, I, I know it's off topic, real good, but Johns Hopkins University just put out a video uh, parodying uh, uh, Wet Ass Pussy called uh, Wear a Mask, Please. And it's the mascot with a mask oh, on. So and man, that's so game. funny. Wear a uh, mask, please. You've got to wear a mask, please. Oh, anyway, sorry. What do they say uh, for like Jesus the Christ. beat? Is it like there's some germs in this house? <laughs> no, it's literally shit like that. Um, it, 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 it's uh, this is the university that is currently trying to fund a private police force to fucking you know curb stomp the non-white students, and then they like put this up like, yo, what's up, my homies? Wear a mask, please. The the thing is, if you're a man and you're wearing a mask, you're basically telling everyone that you're <laughs> fucked in the ass by your girlfriend. This, and that's not a true. thing to be proud about. I'm just glad with the way I can communicate that immediately. I've been looking for that <laughs> right. for years for how going to on tell dates. people. <laughs> like you're going on a first date and you want them to know that you're like down. Um, yeah. Just wearing a mask the whole time. And on the mask is a picture of a strap. Listen, people, I think, you know, society these days is so concerned about getting pegged, but no one's talking about getting pogged. Um. Hey. Folks, are we ready to commit some murder? Oh <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> yes. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Quoth Killer Chronicles, a podcast where we make fun of Patrick Rothfuss. Yep, there we go. Potentially, the evidence isn't in yet. <laughs> the podcast. Okay, the podcast where we, several people, will introduce ourselves in a second, are going to read the book, The Name of the Wind, discuss it discuss some of Patrick Rothfuss's internet antics, discuss the book independently in context of those, just kind of really get into it, have some fun roasting. If there are good bits in the book, we are going to give it credit where it deserves it. And also roast the shit out of it where it deserves it. 
Is the so, podcast where we just go into like the famous bar from the or tavern from the book and just like go up to the, the tavern keep the the like red haired tavern keep guy and just kill him in cold blood. <laughs> um, did you say coat blood? Cold blood. <laughs> Anyone listening? Any any threats we are making to Patrick Rothfuss are hundred uh, percent legitimate. Uh, please take this. <laughs> no, we're not going to kill Patrick Rothfuss. We're just going to kill his OC quote. Just his Minecraft yeah, yeah. yes. one. Mm. Yes. Which I've been, you know, murder against fictional characters. I don't think there's any law on mm. that. So I've heard of Death of the Author. But this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sequel to Death of the Author. Active plotting of murder jokes, jokes, bits, jokes, bits. Um, so let us go round, introduce ourselves. Let us start from the bottom of the Discord list where we have Summer. Hello, Summer. Hello, I'm Summer. Um, my pronouns are she and they. And uh, I have read this book way too many times than <laughs> <laughs> it has any right to be read. Um, but I only like just started reading it like five years ago. So that's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> we'll cringe. But, but I just... <laughs> There's something about just, like, the sort of poetry of it. I think, okay, so I, I guess we're establishing that we're definitely allowed to make fun of Patrick here, right? <laughs> That's sort I of think, our purpose, uh, in a way. So my, I think my role on this pod is going to be basically most quoth-pilled, like, most into this story, unfortunately. The, Luckily, the it's, Pat Rothfuss defense squad has logged yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, I can't wait to put myself on blast. You're, you're welcome to tear <laughs> me apart for it. But I, mm -hmm. I do have a terrible memory, which is why I've read the book so many times. Um, let's mm -hmm. see what else. I do have some personal experience with Pat. He's awful, like, in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to say that. He insulted me, like, basically to my face. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> so this should be fun. But other than that, I think the books are, are pretty fun to read. I'm sort of of the, the Eddie mindset where, like, they're not necessarily good, but they do make me happy. So <laughs> just take take my happiness where I can get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'll go. I'm above you, so I guess I'll go next. Uh, I, I guess I'm Sarah. I put this whole thing together after listening to the podcast that Lucy and Yana show on Who Watches the Watch, in which they have an active segment called Shame of the Wind, in which they read Pat Rothfuss's uh, Goodreads reviews for Terry Pratchett books and shame them. Um, and I thought, this is good content. Let's kind of dig into this well a bit more and get uh, some more people on here. Um, but yeah, I read the books ages ago. I, like, I've read, I have read Name of the Wind twice, max, I think. Read Wise Man's Fear once. Hopefully I will never read it again. Um, but you know, I remember liking it a lot, then just kind of putting it down and moving on to like Brandon Sanderson books and not really thinking that much about it and then Rothfuss came to my attention later on because he was on Critical Role and did a bunch of D&D &D stuff and I was like oh I'm kind of getting into D&D &D. let's kind of check this out and I think you know he's, he's a weird man um, but I think <laughs> I have a lot of like I would I would join the Pat Rothfuss defense squad because I have a lot of sympathy for him because having seen just the way any kind of internet presence he has is constantly bullied by quote-unquote fans of the book asking for the third book. I'm like, I genuinely feel sorry sorry for you, mate. Um, yeah. 
you know, I, I remember sort of participating in some of the world builders events and I'm like, you know, it does seem like you are genuinely trying to do your best. You just, you're just a bit horny about it and kind of <laughs> just, mm, okay. But, but like, sure, like I'll give him the benefit of the doubt most of the time, but we'll, we'll see how that progresses. I put myself at about a like a seven quoth pilled level, where ten is the most quoth pilled you could be, and <laughs> one is the least. Also, I'm Sarah. My pronouns are she and also they. High five, summer. Yay! <laughs> oh, you guys are gonna love this. I'm up next. My my name is Lucy, and guess what? My pronouns are also she and they. Yeah! Yes. <laughs> high fives. Um, <laughs> high fives all around. Um, yeah. As said before, I'm. Uh, host the Who Watches the Watch podcast with Janusz um, where we do make fun of Patrick Rothfuss. I'm in a position here where I haven't actually read any of his work other than his posts. So it's fine as Um So I'm going to be reading this for the first time which is what I seem to end up doing in uh, all of my podcasts I guess. Um, so I'm excited to go into this with um I wouldn't say, like, how to put it. I don't think I have a very high opinion going in, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. be very, very wrong. So um, I'm excited to see how that goes. That's probably the best way to go in to anything. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dan? Yeah, I'm um, Daniel McClurkin. I am a PhD candidate at Johns Hopkins University studying English literature. Um, and I'm here because, uh, I don't know if I like fantasy as a concept. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I, um, I've taught courses on, uh, Tolkien before. Um, and I think a lot of those courses were about me processing my own, uh, teenage years of, uh, thinking that the Dresden files were the greatest books ever written, um, so this is kind of constant penance for that. And I remember when Name of the Wind came out, it was kind of this big deal because um, this was kind of pre-everyone being too online. And so like mm-hmm. one of my friends recommended the book and it was like, oh, cool, this really cool book that everyone um, was vibing with. And um, at the time, uh, I was even then exhausted with the whole notion of, ooh, the narrator might be unreliable. Um, as what? as though that was like the most interesting thing uh, an author could do is just um, have an inconsistent world and just go like ah nah that guy's just a shit storyteller um, and and I remember that I was when I got into graduate school um, there was this kind of controversy around some of my friends who had to reread for a course um, Neil Gaiman's American Gods and one of the, the controversy you know call it that was more just this question of like, how is uh, Neil Gaiman uh, representing women, and what does it mean to sort of represent women poorly? Like, what what do we what do we expect from authors when it comes like when it comes to representations of women? Why is this sort of something that gets brought out in fantasy in particular? Is there a particular sort of woman problem, quote unquote, in fantasy writing? This is when the, those George R. R. Martin quotes are going around of like, I just write women like they're people, and that's why my books are so important. Um, <laughs> And those quotes are going around, and um, there's long discussions over that. And and thinking to 
women in uh, Name of the Wind in particular and sort of how both his classmates kind of get portrayed, how Denna appears um, was my first intro into it. But I'm also at this point, I'll finish here. I'm really interested in returning to sort of the religious section of um, Name of the Wind. Um, I, I, remember, I remember thinking it was a little, little uh, euphoric uh, when I read the sort of like masses of, uh, I, I don't know, like ritualistic masked people like stomping on orphans in the street. Um, I don't know if I remember that super well. So I'm looking forward to like coming at this from just like, is this book like, does it have any interesting ideas? And I'm really interested in kind of like <laughs> probing that. Do you like the book? Yeah, it, 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 um, I, I remember liking it at the time, but I, again, like I, I remember liking it the way that I, you know, like eating a quart of ice cream uh, and then I just feel empty and hollow after. <laughs> a moment of indulgence and then regret. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just interesting to me because, uh, hi, I'm Janos. Um, <laughs> I, I use he, him pronouns. Um, it's, it's just interesting to me because I saw Sarah tweet about this podcast. I was like, that's cool, but there's no way I'm going to join another podcast <laughs> at this point in my life. Uh, and then and then I got a DM from Sarah that I should join because there's currently more likers of the book than dislikers on the podcast. And then I was the John Wick gif of, yeah, I'm, I think I'm in this podcast then. Uh, I, I was brought on here as the quote disliker and i do dislike i have no kind words <laughs> on <laughs> patrick rothfuss but i i had i have like the same experience of like having read the book many years like around 2016 um and liking it at the time and then starting to read book two and like slowly realizing that this isn't good at all and then <laughs> thinking back to like book one and you know, starting to become unsure if I even liked it or if it was just, you know, I just enjoyed it in the moment, but like not not knowing if there's actually anything to it. And then now I'm at a point where I like barely remember anything about it. Like I remember like the names of two characters and one of them is Quoth. Mm. <laughs> Do you remember what the name of the wind was? <laughs> <laughs> Henry. <laughs> 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 it sounds like i really have my work cut out for me <laughs> <laughs> that is like one of the things i do remember about this book about like the types of magic there is and that there is like a very scientific magic that everyone learns but that isn't that impressive it is basically just like uh, just like physics it's not physics it's 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 Adam Smith style political economy. It's literally like yes. sympathy. Imagine, imagine there is there is uh, more and less sympathetic connections. I mean, it's fucking like nineteenth century, you know, conservative uh, political economy. It, it's 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 kind of weird. Patrick Rothfuss talks a lot about how his system of magic is so well thought out. That's like the the Not one discussion. Sense. Point he mentions in every interview <laughs> how people are telling him how great his system of magic is, but you know who didn't have a system of magic? Tolkien. J.R. Tolkien. Tolkien I think it's the, same, it's the same system as like in Earthsea too, isn't it? Which is much older. Yeah. Mm, as in the, the naming system? 
Uh, yeah. The, the naming, naming is for mercy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like naming that's like that's just like a whole old thing. Yeah. That's like yeah, it, folklore it, and stuff. It, isn't isn't uh, the whole point of like half of his magic system is that like it's super cool, but you're all too like dumb and not artistic enough to understand the true name <laughs> yeah. of the wind. So I can't describe it to you. I would love to. I'd love to describe to you how cool my other magic <laughs> system is. But you're all just not as good as 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 uh both. Sorry. Yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? Like, I think, that's not okay. a great magic system. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 I think point leads us on speaking of none of us being as cool or as good as Kvoth because I do sure. want to talk about like what do you remember about Kvoth? Who is Kvoth? <laughs> I remember that he is extremely cool and uh, oh yeah good at everything. <laughs> oh yeah. He's like an amazing musician. That's like Can his I say something thing. very worrying. Please. I, whenever I read this for the first time, I identified a lot with Quoth. Sarah, thank you for saying that. I didn't want to say it, so. No, Sarah, Sarah. I'm really glad, I'm really glad you've crossed that bridge. Sarah, be like a main character who's written to be, like, good at stuff and likable. It is nice to, to feel bonded with them. It's, it's kind like, of a unique situation, too. I mean, but the thing is, Sarah is good at a lot of things, like, from, from what I know about you, right? Like, no, no, wait, wait, Sarah, Sarah. Be honest. Is it just the red hair? You can just a safe okay, space. Here. It's like sixty percent the red hair. <laughs> no, 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 no. Literally, literally. The reason I read this book in the first place um, was because I did a, co- I, I did a cosplay of Randall Thor from the Wheel of Time because yet again, redhead, tall, and I was like, oh, mm. that's me. That's me. I'm gonna cosplay that. Mm. So because I fucking I don't like using wigs. So I'm like, I'll just cosplay gingers, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I've done Shalan from Stormblood Archive as well. Um, but like, I remember, like, I did a cosplay, I dressed up with someone, and was someone like, oh, are you dressed as that ginger guy from that book? Because like, they clearly couldn't remember the name <laughs> first. Um, that's not. And I was like, oh, what, what ginger guy from what book? And they just started. They were like, oh, there's these this book series where there's like a really cool ginger guy who plays the lute and is good at everything. And I was like, hmm. Mm. Mm. so like I, <laughs> to find the book series I like googled I ended up on the TV tropes page for like red haired protagonists which is like a million <laughs> words long because there's so Fuck many yeah. of them and like eventually was like Anya Malou and Patrick Rothfuss um, looked it up saw it had like amazing reviews and I was like yeah I'll order a copy read it read it okay cool um, so yeah I'm pretty sure just red headed protagonists I just kind of go there and I'm like yes me would like this to is, be. I I have actually cosplayed Quoth because I am also a redhead. <laughs> the conspiracy it reveals happens. itself. <laughs> I've definitely seen pics of you doing See? casual Quoth. Yeah. Um. Noah and what? I did like a gender swapped, uh, like Quoth and Denna, which was fun. I'm curious two years to know ago. what casual Quoth looks like. What what who is Quoth when he's at home? <laughs> what, is, <laughs> what are his like lazy clothes? He doesn't have a. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Quoth really exists outside of him being at school, like as far as I remember, or like in the tavern. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. You know, maybe he maybe he turns out to be an amazing character on the street. I'm not. I'm not putting it past Pat that uh, he is actually a much better so... writer than I. Uh, than I remembered him being. Mm. 
but there is a thing that we uh constantly make fun of on who watches the watch is that in all of his like goodreads reviews one of the concepts he seems to be very befuddled by is the concept of a character changing throughout a <laughs> narrative like his his reviews are always like oh this character is very different from what i remembered them being and it's usually the thing that he remembers being different is They that develop. like vimes starts out as an alcoholic and at the end is sober <laughs> <laughs> like things like that it's like granny weatherwax being a country bumpkin Mm-mm. yeah yeah i mean but that comes into like answering questions there i mean What I remember about Quoth is uh, that Patrick Rothfuss strongly implies that his Romani insert race um, is like biologically better at music and performance than oh. other races. Like, okay, Quoth was raised like with this traveling group, sure, and he was like, well, he's, until he was like 10. But it's very strongly implied that like, man, his, his, his Romani blood Uh, just just compels him to play the loot and uh, steal from people. That just that's just part of his uh, biological uh, upbringing. Uh, my, again, wow, it's ra- so exotic. Oh, wow. like, like, <laughs> race and fence is like hard to talk about in general. But like, I remember reading that even when I was like hyped with books and going, "This seems uh, kind of weird. <laughs> This doesn't <laughs> seem right." <laughs> Don't they also all get like slaughtered pretty much at the beginning? Oh, like that's yeah. also a cool thing to do about your Romani insert uh, race. Yeah, by by the like magic Gestapo or whatever. I forget who they were. They're just like yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the 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 chef. I mean, fantasy. Literally, most fantasy novels can only conceive of like either Satan or fascists as like the antagonist. All all antagonists in fantasy novels are either Satan or fascists. It's just that's just all they can do. Mm. Mm. Demaru, that's what they're called. The Demaru. Mm. You're uh, like you've been saying so many things, and I've just been like sitting here with the question marks above my head. Like I don't remember any of this. Yeah. I remember there being a pub. I remember there being a uni, and that's it. Really, there's a shitty dragon at the end, which isn't a dragon, and I'm a bit disappointed by it every time. I did not remember the dragon. Oh my god! I also remember. Here's what I remember of the plot, right? Because it's very little, and maybe we can build up to the others who uh, remember more. But here's what I remember: is that it starts out in a pub, and there's like this very sexy red-haired guy behind the counter, and then someone recognizes him, and then he starts like telling his entire story, and he's apparently the king killer of the title of the series. I still don't know what king he supposedly mm-hmm. killed. Hey, what if, what starts, if he was like, the, the, the kink killer and he just went around kink shaking <laughs> <people>? Nice. <laughs> Does he lose his hand then, at any point? <laughs> the thing is also, because when, when you said, um, when you said, you know, you have sympathy for him, uh, for Patrick Rothfuss, for uh, people like pestering him all the time about book three, uh, I, I'm kind of on the flip side of that because... I'm always very annoyed when um, when these articles put him like uh, Patrick Rothfuss and George R. R. Martin still haven't oh. finished their newest book. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, they're not the same. <laughs> and and both of them have the concept of someone who has killed a king, and it's their nickname. Except Jamie Lannister is a much more interesting character to me. Mm, mm. You want the King Slayer Chronicles? Exactly. 
Mm. Um, yeah, and then and he starts telling his story, and then he's like, it's like he's from a musician family or whatever. His family gets slaughtered. He oh, has you, a, you missed you missed the part where like the scarab beetles from Samurai Jack like almost cut somebody up, and he has to like beat the demons. Oh, I forgot story. everything. Everything else, like I I I, I remember like so three plus points, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I just I, I want to make it very clear when we get to that section when you read it I want you all to tell me what those beetles or demons yeah, look like you because to me that? it's it's Aku <laughs> it's it's straight Aku anyways Aku yeah. <laughs> and then no he like idea. somehow he like somehow gets a loot or finds a loot or buys a loot or whatever and he's so good at playing it oh so good yeah and then he gets to like Hogwarts. But and, and he's so smart, he invents the notion of scholarships. Yeah, he does. Oh my god, that does happen, doesn't it? Huh? It does. <laughs> if I remember correctly, like the main thing that sort of kept me coming back to the story was sort of what you were saying, Sarah. Where I'm like so used to there being like just protagonists that are like really passive and just like audience surrogate kind of protagonists that like reading a book where someone like goes through trauma and comes out being just really confident and like just getting a, like getting shit done it's just like really satisfying like i don't mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. not a whole lot of stories I'm like, that i, I know wish of. That was me <laughs> <laughs> yeah true yeah it like it i do think for us and you know i'm sure this is definitely a thing patrick is doing because he's a kind of weirdo but like he's <laughs> it's very it's like complete an utter wish fulfillment but also i'm kind of like nodding my head in time with the yeah. beat in a <laughs> so way true. um because yeah th there are there are times at which like i'm like okay i am very good at most things i'm very bad at magic the gathering and i'm very bad at expressing my emotions but most other things i'm very good at um most of those are crafts um but like Whenever like Kvothe displays any kind of like hypercompetence, hypercompetency in a thing, I'm kind of like, oh yeah, m yeah, me too. I'm really cool as well. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, are you that are you that meme from a few years ago where like regular person and they see like a rock or I don't know a bird and then <laughs> artists and they see like scenes from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's sweet. That's sweet. Jesus Christ. Um. But the, the other thing I remember about Kvothe... I'm sorry, I feel like I've skipped Lucy, but also you haven't read it. I haven't books. read it. I have nothing so... to say about Kvothe, other than that I thought his name was going to be pronounced way differently. <laughs> what okay. do you think? Wait, wait, wait. Kvothe. Does anyone remember the... the... He's like Kvothe GF. That you're not supposed to really be able to say it. It's like Cthulhu. It's like Kvothe. Right? Uh -huh. am, I, am I making that up? No, that's true. That's right. It has a weird pronunciation. Because, I... Yeah, because only only like the Demaru can pronounce it because like their tongues are made different or some or some. Sh you know, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I hate when authors do that. Like it's cool, it's cool lore wise, but I am the kind of reader who always like has an internal voice while reading. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's very annoying when I when I am like, oh, this is pronounced in a way that you can't even imagine. <laughs> it just yeah. fucks with my brain. I I thought his name was Kvotje for until I read it, and there's the part of the book where he's like, mm, "My name is Kvoth, pronounced almost, but not quite like the word Kvoth." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, okay, that that just tells me how it's pronounced. Easy, let's go, baby." Um, Kvoth the Raven, nevermore. Yeah, hmm. Kvotje the Raven. <laughs> I, I, was teach, I was once teaching uh, 
bunch of Welsh um, uh, fairy tales and, and myths. Uh, I thought you were going to say Welsh floor. students. No, 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 no Welsh uh, myths. And I'll never forget just like you come across most of the names and I, I, I would be reading out sections to my students and I would just stop and go like them uh, and just like move on. like. And oh. as the great, you know, wizard him said, like, it's, man, that shit is wild. Uh, just, if you can't pronounce the name, that means it is uh, cool and old. That's what that means. <laughs> I mean, I am definitely of the opinion that, um, especially like, quote unquote, growing up, sort of, sort of growing up in Ireland, and you have the section of the community that knows how to pronounce Irish names, and the section of the community that doesn't, and who doesn't want to, and who doesn't like. Whenever people like, there's there's a difference between like someone makes a name and it's like oh, I'm gonna make this super hard to pronounce and, and people are it's gonna be so just oh my god yes and there's a difference between that kind of thing and then the people who don't want to make an effort to pronounce a thing because it is outside of their cultural knowledge and like the latter fucking sucks the former mm. also kind of fucking sucks <laughs> um so like I don't know we're like I I dislike the concept of making fun of a name because like oh that's just too hard to pronounce it's mm. like no fucking learn to pronounce it mate but also <laughs> you definitely get the vibe that pat rosfus did this on purpose to be annoying. i think so yeah like you can't be like <laughs> he's doing a little joker face you, you can't be like we're just oh the readers are just too lazy to actually pronounce it right when he doesn't tell us how to so no he does in like the one of the chapters like quoth literally tells us how to pronounce his name but then it's not hard to pronounce. It was just pronounced like quoth, but with a V. Like it, No, it's... Come on. It's like churches. <laughs> also, doesn't he change churches. his name to, like, Coat? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm undercover now. Now my name is just Coat. Oh, yeah, right. I forgot about that. That's like a... <laughs> Why didn't he just pick a different name? Arsten Whitebeard-esque quote name. Yeah. <laughs> you just... You, you can just drop two letters and nobody will yeah, know Yeah, it's just are. like... Dude, go with Bradley. Like... <laughs> <laughs> the witness protection program doesn't go like, ah, yes, your name's Daniel. Your new name is going to be Daniel. Deal. There is like an yeah. explanation for the way he picks like his extra names or whatever. Oh, is there? Okay. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, there's more coming. Can't wait to find it's out. very vague, so <laughs> not very helpful. <laughs> um. Okay. The the last thing that I remember about Quoth that I want to mention is that I remember kind of hating him as a character, but liking to do that. You know. Mm -hmm. Yes, I does feel like they're like they want you to to hate him a little bit. Yeah, like he has some growth to do. Like you know, I you know he I really I liked I remember liking him in the way that I like uh, Tsukushima from Haikyuu because like he's an asshole and I'm like oh fuck you but. Hell yeah, you go, buddy. Oh, they're not the Tsukushima no, 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 no. is good. I'm not. I'm not comparing the two characters. <laughs> I'm just comparing no, yeah, no, my affection for them. Sort of a Bugs Bunny type. <laughs> but to me, it's like yeah. I, I, I fully get what you're saying, and I think it's. But 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 to me, it's like a bit of the thing of the like. Um, how do I put it? Like we. We watched um, the epic Joss Whedon internet musical Dr. Horrible a few weeks ago <laughs> in the Pigot Discord. 
and it's it kind of reminds me of that and how it's like oh you're not supposed to like dr horrible uh but then at the same time you still s- uh, feel like joss whedon thinks he's really epic uh, oh it's like the thing where anytime you show war on screen you're also kind of supporting yeah, it, even yeah. if you're trying to say that war is bad sort of Thing I mean, but, but it's like it's there's different degrees to that, right? Yeah. Like you can, you can make war look terrible, and you can also make it look cool. But at the same time, the character have the character say this is bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a great thing you brought this up. A general question for everyone: uh, Does uh, Pat Rothfuss give off major Joss Whedon vibes? That, that's yeah. Yes. Yes. He has a t- he has yeah. a T-shirt that. I'm I'm gonna find that picture. Ma- many of his author photos show him wearing a T-shirt that says "Joss Whedon is my master now." Fuck, <laughs> Jesus! Hey, 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 Pat, Pat, I know you're listening right now. But um, that ain't it, Chief. Okay, uh, personal advice or media. Uh, I'm gonna be talking to you a lot about this podcast, Pat. So um, just make sure to get rid of that shirt. That's yeah, free, free one for the bin. <laughs> <laughs> one for the bin. At least sort of donate it to charity. Donate it to your own charity. I'm um, look. This is a very old photo, so I don't know if he's still wearing it. But oh yeah, you can. Yeah, wow, that is a very old photo. <sighs> but I've seen a new, like one of the videos we talked about on Who Watches the Watch, which is still from like 2014-ish. 15-ish, where he already has, like, his current haircut and beard and he's still wearing the t-shirt many years later than this photo, so Mm -hmm. he'd probably not wear it right now, but Mm -hmm. I still feel like he he very clearly comes from the tradition of people who have been Joss Whedon stands at one point, which, to be fair, I have also been known to enjoy Joss Whedon's, (laughs) some of Joss Whedon's do not not rope me in with your, your, your Joss Whedon love this, this guy. I watched one episode of Buffy and was like, "Oh, this this dude is woke for the pussy." Hundred. That is the only thing that he look. Buffy is a pretty good show for a nineties early two thousand. It's a fine show overall, but I saw I'm like, I called. I know I have no proof on this, but I, I need this on the record. I called that he was cheating on his wife five years before it came out. I fucking knew it. <laughs> Um, Before we, what? <laughs> Nostradamus, but it's Rothfuss-Damus. <laughs> I'm upset that you made me repeat that. It wasn't good. <sighs> so yeah, to help us uh, forget about that extremely good pun, I fucking loved it. Lucy. Um, it Summer, so do you have good. any further quotes, memories that you want to quote from Pat Rothfuss, Joss is an excellent storyteller, it really doesn't matter what medium he's working on, Patrick Rothfuss at some point mm. <clears throat> Yes, yeah, do you have any quiz memories you want to share with us before we move on to whatever the fuck is next? What is next? Um, quiz memories mm, not really, but I will say on the topic of Pat um, <laughs> I did go to one of his book talks once and I asked the question uh, just general like writing advice and he he just said well i'm patrick rothfuss who are you and i just <laughs> <laughs> yeah mm. left cool. with my, uh, my Sir? between my legs and then i haven't read the book since then so i'm, I'm excited to get back to it and with that new perspective that is 
an insane thing for him to do. I <laughs> what? <laughs> so, what? He's got a strange energy. This guy. Yeah. yeah. I um. I I was accidentally at a book talk of his. It was it was in Cincinnati at a bookstore, and I was literally there picking up a different book. And he just didn't like this bookstore for some reason had like a grand staircase, like a a debutante ball style like grand staircase in the center and Patrick Rothfuss is standing directly at the top in the center of it addressing the, the plebeians below um and yeah I wasn't paying much mind because I was like okay uh cool and but I just remember him starting it's like all right everyone let's let's all be cool here let's uh not record any of this uh you know it, it, it's more personal more more intimate if we know if I know that I can speak without anyone recording me or doing all this stuff we all promise that right now. And again, this is not like your buddy, like six of you sitting around the coffee table. This is like Patrick Rothfuss, like with his hand up on the top of like a 20, uh, 20 step staircase, like saying, <laughs> turn your cameras off. We about to get real. And then proceeded to like, just like diss Tolkien for like the rest of the time I was in the store. And he was like, yeah, you know, Tolkien is a cool guy, but you know. I knew this guy in university, this professor who didn't like Tolkien. Tells you a lot, doesn't it? Says <laughs> <laughs> a lot about our society. <laughs> I just like on the on the topic of Patrick Rothfuss end quote. I want to also draw your attention to the uh, header image of his Twitter, <laughs> which is like a, a is drawing of him. This is still is his current? header image oh of God. him and. His uh, OC quote, uh, looking at each other epically. This is yeah. this does remind me of the drawing that Hirohiku Araki did of himself, yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of kissing his OC Rohan Kishibe. His um, like self-insert character, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Pat, Pat, huh. if it's not clear, um, Justin, you again here. So everyone else tune out for a second. Pat, this to you and I. If it's not clear, <laughs> we're gonna. I, I think we're gonna get to why we're roasting you. Your beard's fine. Making OCs <laughs> is fine. Being proud of your work is fine. Like, no, like this, this is all cool shit. But, like, when your work involves, like, uh, a guy who's super good at everything, uh, including, like, picking up, like, the hottest uh, uh, woman in the world just because he's, like, biologically good at playing the loot, like, this, that shit's a little less good. So, we're going to get more into that. But, Pat, just, just know that. You're fine. You look fine. You look like you're doing great. Um, but I mean, I'm not gonna listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> but if he did, what if he did, did though? though? If he did, it might be bad. <laughs> it might be a little unfortunate. Look, if if he does, I I will just block him. It's fine. I think. Listen, I think if he does, he'll learn a lot. Yeah, exactly sure. about himself and the world. But I think him having this as his. Uh, his Twitter header also makes me question the entire thing of oh we're not supposed to like quote because <laughs> he clearly thinks he, he he clearly thinks quote is epic right no I mean it's really important I mean like we'll get to this when we get to read the books and I forget if this is Wise Man's Fear or or Name of the Wind but so quote is supposed to be older now right he's reflecting on his high school years. I don't know about the rest of you. When I reflect on my high school, early college years, I'm not. I'm not like. I'm very critical of my past self, right? As I think a normal, growing human being usually is. He's not like. Quote does not intervene in his own stories often of like 
man, yeah, I was really shitty towards women, wasn't I? <laughs> he'll, 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 he'll say shit like, man, maybe I drank a little too much. Or like, I'm not going to tell mm. you the sexy erotic poem my girlfriend wrote me. That's that's for me. That that's, Those are the times <laughs> when, when, when older Quoth intervenes in his own story. Like this is really interesting because I really remember him being very critical about the way he treated women. So I must be mm. one of us is uh, remembering. Well, correctly. Well. It, hey, Pat, Pat, back to you. If I'm wrong, forget about this whole section. <laughs> we'll find out in the next episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean. Um, hmm. Okay, so I think. Sorry. Uh, as we are doing some Pat roasting, I think we should. I think we should read out the the post. The post. Oh yes, I think yes. We should yes. talk yes. about the post. <laughs> And we have talked about this in detail on Watch is the Watch, I think. Uh, I'm, I don't always remember which, which bits we actually read out on the show and which, which we just discussed in our Discord. We but, did, you we know, did discuss not it, we all did of not the, read it out. We did not read it out, okay, good. Yeah. I haven't so, heard this quote yet, I'm really excited. Oh, I'm, like, Summer, oh, I, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> I genuinely feel bad for exposing you to this. <laughs> because again as i think dan said this is sort of single-handedly the thing that made me it was kind of like you know i was in a pond of oh paros was a pretty cool guy i guess and then this was the single drip that soured the entire batch of yeah. that i see um so i, I mean am... same like to show yeah. to show my whole ass here right <laughs> like the point i even the way i even got into or got to read um the name of the wind in the first place was that i uh at one point was a big fan of both the McElroy brothers and the hit stage musical and its soundtrack hamilton by lin-manuel miranda mm -hmm. and there there was there was an announcement that lin-manuel miranda is going to produce the adaptation of the name of the wind and this relates to this post by the way <laughs> But there's the adaptation that he's going to do that. And then I was like, oh, cool. Funny fantasy uh, uh, story. I, you know, I like A Song of Ice and Fire. I like Discworld. I like some fantasy stuff. And I like Lin-Manuel Miranda. And then I also found out that he was on Mabim Bam once. Uh, and he's a fan of, of the McElroy. So, you know, we have so much in common, right? <laughs> uh, and then I, you know, bought the book. And everything. Um, oh, also the other thing that that got me into uh, being interested in quotes in the first place is that I was also playing a bard in my first ever D and D campaign that fell apart oh, after that, a few that'll sessions. That'll do it. Uh, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would not do it today. I would. I would never play a bard. Um, but, you know, we have all been cringe. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. Pat specifically... Listen, I would still play a bard. Pat specifically said, like, <laughs> he wrote this just trying to do, like, a D&D &D campaign where yeah, the yeah. bard is just, like, super mm -hmm. OP. Someone's yeah. just salty about old editions. Um, now, <laughs> I I if y'all don't mind, um, Sarah, can I read, like, maybe a little a good section of this for editing? You can edit down the whatever parts you want, but I think it's important that we get kind of the full body of Pat Rothfuss's mind uh, yeah, I, in this I was post. Gonna, I was going to ask for a volunteer to read this out. So <laughs> I would, I would love to. This, this haunts me. So and the to context, put this in context, this is from 2012, right? Like it's, 
it's not fair to cancel him over an eight-year-old thing. But to be fair, I also remember because I, I, I said like when I read Name of the Wind, he was like among the woke creators known online. And then I remember uh, someone uh, posting screenshots of this and it went viral. And that was like when I was like, oh, hmm, yeah, interesting. Uh, I think like, you know, it's like it's not, we're not so, like I hate the word cancelled is so kind yeah. of derived. It doesn't mean anything anymore, basically. But yeah. just, you know, this is, again, oh. from 2012. I've done many things in 2012 that I think back on and I'm like, I just kind of want to die thinking about, like, <laughs> I did I really fucking say that? So, like, you know, it's not really a judge of current Pat, but it, ha- like, it haunts me. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> and it, is, it was written after he wrote The Name of the Wind, right? Yeah. So Yeah, he's I, also, like, twice as old as any of us. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like that means it's like less time in like yeah, part time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think about cringe stuff I did in 2012, and like uh, that's cringe. But I was 14, so I have the sort of yeah. <laughs> it's a little different. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, yeah. I do think this does inform like his, or they put it in, you know, because there's an argument to be made that the way women are portrayed in the name of the wind is just bad because unreliable narrator or whatever but i do think this kind of puts like his view of women in a very bad light yeah oh boy yeah the con the context i just want to add is like we all have to remember the internet was a different time 10 years ago um there, there were a lot of tumblr um people learn a lot of terms really quickly uh, this is when Joss Whedon, you know, this this is when you know Joss Whedon's representation of what was her name in Doctor Horrible, um, Felicia Day's uh, character. Yeah, um, Penny. 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 Pe- Penny was like Penny was like, oh look, actually, manic pixie dream chicks are good uh, and and radical and actually kind of woke. Um, mm. It was yeah, different. Yeah, actually, um, John Green was just subverting the idea of a manic pixie dream girl by putting a manic pixie dream girl in all of his books. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, we, we reached a point where young adult fiction had uh, and young adult writing had uh, inadvertently subsumed the post-structural belief that actually everything you're writing about is actually the opposite of what you're writing about. Um, so if you just put something bad, it's actually a critique. Um, this is yeah, this I is the this age every of, time I tweet. It's just a troll. It's just a troll. It's just a joke, bro. Okay, so let me let me read just a few seconds. Okay, are we ready? I mean, I'll never be ready, but go on. I'm always okay, this ready. Is, so this, is, this is him. He watched the trailer for the first Hobbit movie that's coming out. So he says, It will be a good movie. Maybe even a great movie. But it will also be, at best, a moderately okay adaptation of the subtle, sweet book that I grew up loving. You know what it's going to be like? It's going to be like wandering onto an internet porn site and seeing a video of a girl I had a crush on in high school. You probably know, knew someone like her. Uh, the smart girl, the shy girl, the one who wore glasses and was a little socially awkward. The one who screwed up the curve in chemistry, so you got an A minus instead of an A. She was a geek girl before anyone, anybody knew what a geek girl was. That was kind of awesome because you were a geek boy before being a geek was culturally acceptable. This is so relatable to me, oh my god. (laughs) You liked her because she was funny. 
and she was smart and you could actually talk to her and she read books in bold yeah most girls i normally bump into are like lobotomized so this yeah (laughs) i can imagine that this would be refreshing and sure she was girl shaped and that was cool I want to read that sentence again. <laughs> and sure. No, no, you, you can just, I'll let it, I'll edit it so it's seamless. And sure, she was girl shaped. And that was cool. And she was cute in an understated, freckly way. And sometimes you'd stare at her breasts when you were supposed to be paying attention ah! to biology. But you were 16. You stared at everyone's breasts back then. And yeah, you had some fantasies about her because, again, you were 16. But they were fairly modest fantasies about... <laughs> <laughs> Say the line. Say it. They were fairly modest fantasies about making out in the back of a car. Maybe you'd get to second base. Maybe you could steal third if you were lucky. And maybe, just maybe, something delightful and terrifying. Okay, this is about the Hobbit adaptation. I want us all to remember this right now. I'm almost done. And maybe, just maybe, something delightful and terrifying might happen. And yeah, it would probably be awkward and fumbling at times. That's okay, because she'd be doing half the fumbling too. Because the only experience either one of you had was from books. And afterwards, if you make a Star Wars joke, you know she'll get it. And she'll laugh. That's the girl you fell in love with in high school. You didn't have a crush on her because she was someone simmering pool of molten sex. You loved her because she was subtle and sweet and smart and special. So you stroll on to this porn site and, and there she is. Except now she's wearing a thong <laughs> and a black leather halter top. She's wearing fuck me red lipstick and a lot of dark eye makeup. Her breasts are amazing now, proud and perfectly round. Someone's taught her to dance and she does it well. She's flexible and tan. She has a flat midriff and walks like a high-class Vegas stripper. Her eyes are dark and smoldering. She has a riding crop and she likes to be tied up. And her two red mouth forms a perfect circle. And she sighs and moans and tosses her head in a performance designed to win any number of Academy Awards. And what's the problem with this? Well, in some ways, nothing you found is perfectly good porn maybe even great porn but in other ways the problem is blindingly obvious this girl has nothing in common with your high school crush except for her social security number everything you loved about her is gone She's developed we love this sweet <laughs> shy freckly girl you still remember her name and after all these years she lives close to her heart Seeing her in lipstick and stiletto heels dancing on a pole is like watching Winnie the Pooh do heroin and glass someone in a bar fight. It's exactly like it that, isn't something. <laughs> it just isn't something I look forward to seeing. And then there's a picture <laughs> of Frodo uh, naked at a pole uh, thrusting his crotch into Pat, Ro- Pat Rothers' face. Dude, this is the fucking Wendy's. <laughs> I um like this. I mean, there are a number of problems with this, but um, I every time really? I see this, I I think about the line she's wearing. Fuck me, red lipstick, and I'm like, fuck me, red lipstick. Is... You're putting the the qualifier on that. It's just lipstick, Pat. Yeah, this had like the same energy as that like man shows wife hentai porn just to show her it exists because he's like searching for it himself. <laughs> Or just, I, oh I was so shocked at like the very strong Ernest Klein energy that actually went farther than Ernest Klein does. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know you could do that. 
But you make a Star Wars joke and <laughs> she'll understand it. <laughs> it is just yeah. like, I like the bit at the end where he compares um, like sex work to watching Winnie the Pooh do violence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, if you think about it's... it, sex work is violence because my feelings. Yeah, and so is adapting a book. Like, because yeah. <laughs> the, the idea was like, he's talking about The Hobbit, but he also talks about how... Um, he also says, I'm a bad here as an example of why I'm extremely leery of anyone ever making a movie out of the name of the wind. Which he then, a few years <laughs> later, saw the rights to Lin-Manuel Miranda. So, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, to Lin-Manuel Miranda personally. We all know this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, There's so much in it. Like, fuck me red lipstick, as Lucy said, that phrase is never gonna leave my mind. <laughs> it's incredibly powerful. But he's so obsessed with lipstick. Like, what's, what's this puritanical... Like, everyone wears lipstick. Come on, Patrick. But it's red. She might as well be sewing an A onto her clothes. I <laughs> Very true. I, it's like... Mr. Rothfuss, you know, back to the segment, just you and me. You know, there's nothing wrong with being horny. No, no, I, I support it. She just owned it. This, yeah. this makes me feel like there might be. But... <laughs> yeah. You know, it's at times I'm just again like I'm. Just, I had that things to say, but I'm just sitting here like taxidermy fox, having listened to your <laughs> recital. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I'm reminded of all of I've watched many Brandon Sanderson interviews, uh, because I did a lot of research about his writing of the last of the Wheel of Time books. Um, and in in um interviews with him where they're asking him about like his writing style, how did you feel about trying to emulate Robert Jordan's writing style? And he always says the same thing. He's like, you know, I I could never try and re- replicate Robert Jordan's amazing, beautiful writing style. I'm just, that's just, I just, that's not me. Um, Maybe Patrick Rothfuss has such an, and he always cites Patrick Rothfuss as the fantasy author with the most beautiful, amazing, what? lyrical writing style that is out there today and like now i'm just kind of thinking about that again in context of this I'm, i mean this is lyrical this is this is uh this yeah, is, it you know, is. I, I feel like i i too wanted onto a porn site accidentally it's like i'm there it is a song i would not choose to listen to but this also once again goes back to the point we made earlier about my my theory about uh patrick roth was not understanding character development because apparently he also doesn't understand why someone would go from being a nerd girl to a sex worker <laughs> or why you know a thing has to change in order to be adapted to go on screen mm-hmm. it's exactly the I mean, same is the thing <laughs> oh, no, I mean, all right, but like also it's important here I mean okay so all memes aside for one second what actually really got to me here like where it's like I feel like I understood some of Patrick better <laughs> is okay like so what is like the thing that's most erotic to him in his like high school fantasy is this idea that is this is this idea that like what's most erotic in high school is two people who don't really know what they're doing uh you know figuring out together there, there's something sweet about that I, I don't i don't think there's any problem with like that being a you know an appealing thing what scares him like like what literally kind of like freaks him out and like where the corruption has happened is this woman has become better at sex, right? She's, yeah. become, she's become the master. 
And she's become, she's actually like honed this thing. And so that erotic quality of two people, you know, fumbling together, he still remains like fumbling porn stalker, sorry, stroller, uh, this porn stroller kind of guy. And he sees this woman who's just fucking better than him at a thing that he used to find so erotic, right? He used to find so, he's like, she's gotten good, right? She's gotten, she's gotten, she's become better at him than at sex, right? Um, She's no longer the person who would fumble and not know what she's doing. And to him, that's like the saddest thing, right? A woman uh, becoming good at something that he uh, liked doing as a kid. Right. I want to talk about one of the comments here because he replied to it. And I think that is an important addition to it because okay. one person commented, I understand your point, of course, but I'm shocked to see the centerfold argument on your blog. Comparing a work of popular art meant solely for your gaze in both versions to a woman is bilious. And then Pat replied, hmm, nope, I stand by it. <laughs> So almost like, I'm giving you an out, buddy. I'm giving you an out. And he's like, no, I'm not going to take no. it. <laughs> he says, I'm not comparing a woman to a book. I'm comparing two different types of infatuation. The crush you feel for a girl you don't really know and the attachment you feel toward a book you read in high school fall pretty firmly into the same category. They're both intensely personal, one-sided experiences. Oh my God. He's so explicitly <laughs> talking about like, just the objectification of a woman in comparison to <laughs> to this movie adaptation. He, he literally How says he here that, that <laughs> nope, you're wrong. I think objectifying a woman is good. Like, that's what he <laughs> says here, right? And, and you sit here and, and he wanted to make this comparison, right? Because you, you know how easy it is to make this? This is such a simple argument. It's like, uh, the adaptation of the Hobbit movies is like uh, junk food. And uh, the books themselves is like a, a well-balanced meal. Done. Easy, yeah. right? Like, it's like, one thing is like, overabundance, bad for you, sort of like, yeah, you like it, but it's like porn. It's not good sex with the awkward manic girl or what, a manic pixie dream chick or whatever. <laughs> uh, but you can make that, you can do that comparison without spending fucking 12 paragraphs describing, number one, the breasts of a 16-year-old only to sort of turn her into the fuck me red lipstick. I mean, come on, man. Like, you're supposed to be a writer. You're supposed to realize that there are different avenues you can take. Some of them, you know, when people talk about, like, there's different, there's many ways to skin a cat, they don't actually describe to you the ways to skin a cat because they realize <laughs> you don't actually want to hear how to skin yeah. a cat, right? That's, that's, that's a they, you know. Patrick Rothfuss doesn't realize you don't want to think about uh, women in terms of uh, which ones became uh, porn stars, and that makes them, uh, I guess, less good. Um, Smaug is the, the porn star. We know when when he watches that <laughs> that first trailer of The Hobbit, he's like, man. He sees that video I'm of get... Benedict Cumberbatch in the like <laughs> um, motion tracking gray suit, oh, yeah. like a oh. crawl, and he's like, no, oh dear, this is making me think of. <laughs> <laughs> logging onto my favorite websites mm-hmm. God. I wanted yeah. to fuck the hobbit when I was a <laughs> when I was a 16 year old but now that everyone else wants to fuck the hobbit I don't know yeah it is it's like that kind was, of like he made, um he made an intentional choice mm, it's like the um whole thing of now everybody else can do it it's no longer um it's like the gate gatekeeping in fantasy yeah. and stuff it's totally that it's a defense of gatekeeping what he said what he does here Mm. except in a very bad uh, sexist metaphor I, I also i also don't want to overlook the um the the one the gamers rising moment which is still very funny 
Um, yeah. yeah, she was a she was a geek girl before anybody knew what a geek girl uh-huh. was. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sure, fine enough. And that was kind of awesome because you were a geek boy before being a geek was culturally acceptable. Like this oh, is yeah, fucking yeah. like '90s AIDS epidemic shit. Like it can't be gay. Uh, this is this is before being gay was openly acceptable, man. Like, it's like, dude, what the fuck do you mean culturally acceptable? Like. Yeah. And he this basically was... admits that he doesn't think that women were like really allowed to be geeks back then, or like they just didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. He like, says like, well, there's plenty of boys. It's just not allowed. Yeah, yeah. They, no one knows what girl geek girls are. <laughs> like, fuck? I think Patrick Rothfuss actually believes. Like, I don't know what the fuck happened in his high school career, but I think he believes that he's like he lived in a world that was like jocks and nerds uh-huh. and the nerds. <laughs> The, the nerd, the, like the revenge of the nerds. I guarantee, I fucking guarantee you, revenge of the nerds was like the most important piece of like, like early like TV that he watched. He's like, yes, finally gamers rise, and uh, <laughs> you know this is this is what it needs to be. Um, I think because um, again, Pat Rothfuss and like Name of the Wind is a book because like that was so like everyone talks about it as like it's the best one of the best fantasy books ever written which fuck it it might be we'll find out but do like, they still talk about it just gotten lucky is the thing <laughs> yeah so. like because again like my a lot of my internet circles definitely used to be in like deep fantasy fandom stuff uh like i was more brandon sanderson weedly time but like within those it's kind of like they put up like Brandon Sanderson, uh, Robert Jordan, George R. R. Martin, and like Pat Rothfuss as like the pillars of all fantasy literature in like the twenty two thousands or whatever, and like it's kind of like Pat thinks all this stuff is thinks of himself as a geek, and then like there is all the fans of the book and like an internet subculture who are like placing him on this pedestal, and he's just like he's climbed up onto the pedestal and started yelling. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> that's kind of what this feels like. He's like, feels to me like he is in this position where he thinks that he should be listened to because he wrote a fantasy book that everyone's fucking poggers about, or everyone <laughs> used to be poggers about anyway. Um, and it's just come back down, homie, <laughs> please, dude, stop posting cringe. I think it was like a different different layer to Rothfuss, which which you've also like kind of been discovering on Who Watches the Watch, and like we listened to the interview, or I listened to parts of it, and Lucy listened to all of the interview that he mm-hmm. did on Desert Island Discworld, and also like through his Goodreads and everything, it's 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 the the aspect that like Patrick Rothfuss's taste is very boring and very <laughs> vanilla i feel like like he, he here he once again talks about how you know reading the hobbit in high school reading lords of the ring lord of the rings in high school that made you like the, the really you know the most uh discriminated geek boy <laughs> knowing what star wars is but these the are like the biggest movie. the most popular yeah, movie of all imagine. time Imagine a woman who knew what Star Wars was. Imagine a woman who read books. (laughs) (laughs) What? That's that's some scary shit. She read books. I will say to his credit, he has said that he tries to keep his fantasy more accessible by like always writing stuff he doesn't really understand that well, just so that like anyone can get it. Like you don't really need, there's no like prereqs. 
Mm. Wait, so, so wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm trying to understand the point here. So he, like his point. So he writes about shit he doesn't know, and that makes it accessible. <laughs> Apparently, he has like no musical bones in his body, so like he just guesses on <laughs> what music. <laughs> Dude, you know, I, I respect that. Yeah, I, it's an interesting method, for sure. Okay. <laughs> like, I I guess he's like, well, neither of us know, neither of us are an expert in music, so you don't feel like I'm talking over you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I okay. see. But I, I'm just like, that's not how anything really works. But like, <laughs> but, but again, if so taking what you said there, but imagine the fucking mind you gotta have to, to, to think like that, you know? It's like, you know, I don't know shit about this, but I bet a bunch of people want to hear me write about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't mind that so much if it's music. Um, if it's, like, uh, anything more kind of substantial, I... <laughs> I don't know. But isn't it much more interesting? Like, this is this is an interesting approach, though, because I personally think, like, some of my favorite media are stuff where someone who is really passionate about a topic that I don't fully understand, uh, and they're gonna write, like, you know, take Haikyuu, right? Like, mm-hmm. the book. author of Haikyuu clearly is very passionate about volleyball and knows <laughs> all the rules and all the positions, and I don't know them, but because because the author is so passionate about it and fills the world with great characters and makes the sport accessible uh, to me, that's that's how I also become interested in volleyball, at least for the duration of watching Haikyuu. And that's... I, I feel like that's a more fruitful approach on tackling topics to, like... You know, you can talk about something you're passionate about and make it accessible versus talk about something you don't know shit about and make it accessible that way because I don't know. Well, I was, I was, I was, I mean, declare this is something else though. I remember I was at a um, book talk, um, uh, Salman Rushdie's latest novel had come out, um, The Golden House. And The Golden House has a, a prominent uh, trans character in it. And I asked, you know, Salman Rushdie's sort of one of the great. Um, uh, Indian authors of the of the past, um, you know, forty years. Um, you know, he's he's aware of writing, you know, at least marginal you know, characters in marginal positions. And so I asked him, I said, like, what what did you do to prepare for for writing this, this trans character? Right, you're not, you know, of course, of course, it's not you're not trans yourself. That doesn't mean you can't write a trans character. But like, what did you do? And he sort of like, you know, paused for a second. And he talked about, oh, like the main reason I put this in here was because one of my close friends. Uh, their child transitioned. I was sort of there with the process and talking uh, with the child the whole time. And I more wrote this the same way a lot of authors write things, you know, inaccurate or or sort of mirror-like representations of people and things they know in their real life. So I'm sort of acknowledging, like, listen, I'm not writing a trans memoir here, uh, but I hope that I captured a human being going through some stuff, right? Uh, And to me, that was like, Beautiful, right? Just a, a, a certain part of his a certain part of his book uh, needed some research that required more than googling shit, right? It, at the beginning, it just needed kind of a personal <laughs> engagement with it. And the idea of like an author going in and writing about you know fucking anything, right? That they think people should read about, and just going like, yeah, you know what? People are pretty fucking dumb, and I would just make it sound cool. Man, that's got, that's gonna like that's gonna really get them get them going. It's going to be like uh, the good porn they're looking for. 
And it's like, dude, <laughs> this is this is why like you're you're gonna be forgotten in ten years. I'm <laughs> you know. May God, may God grant us all the grace to be forgotten when we die, but, you know. Anyway. <laughs> grant, cut, that, cut that if it's not interesting. But. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. Um, no, yeah I feel sense. like I wanted to say something else about this blog post, but... I mean, to be honest, I want to kind of forget about the blog post, but I can't, so I have made a podcast in order to inflict it upon everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I just want, you know, I feel like we're just going to have to look look out for it because uh, I remember him being pretty bad at writing women characters in mm-hmm. in his great book yeah uh, I think... or mostly in the sequel <laughs> yeah like there, there is definitely there is a reason that this podcast is only going to focus on Name of the Wind because I genuinely yeah. think there is some incredibly like abhorrent stuff in Wise Man's Fear that I just Agreed, yeah. don't want to <laughs> actually talk about because it's just gonna be a bad time um and i, I think like name of the wind name of the because quest doesn't fuck in name of the wind mm-hmm. and that's why i think yeah. it's worth reading also if i remember correctly like a lot of the there there is a lot of bad writing of the girls but i think it is at least disclaimed multiple times Mm-mm. not that uh, i don't know i don't know if that helps but like it is discussed if i remember correctly yeah it um well just two quick things i want to say like one um this is i mean i really like dan olson's youtube videos i think he's a really good one he does voting ideas is his channel name and he has this one quick video about like the thermian argument right where he talks about sort of pieces of literature that that are you know art that justify why they do shitty things in universe um, and then act as though that's a get out of jail free card. And so he uses that. What's that orc show? That that orc show that's just about orc raping women that everyone loves. Um, what? What? Oh, it, no, it's literally like a huge popular anime. Um, oh, God, um, I don't know. This is like a legitimately fairly popular um, show. I can't I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, and the, the excuse is like, well, listen, the, the orcs are created by you know the master of darkness. Uh, who wants to have the world suffer. And so, you know, the whole point is that they're supposed to do horrible things, right? And, like, sure, that's that's correct. That is that is diegetically correct. That is lore-wise why this is happening. It doesn't solve the fact that this show, whenever you turn on, you just watch women's bodies be brutalized. But, like, that's, that's what happens, right? Yeah. Um, and so, number one, like, just because you have a, a lore diegetic reason for... I mean, this is fantasy's ultimate problem with race. I mean, this is exactly it, right? from fucking Tolkien to D&D onwards. Like, there's a race problem in fantasy and not like a black-white problem, but a like race essentialist problems. All races, all people of this race have these fundamental qualities, right? Um, and that's just how, that's one of the default assumptions of fantasy. Um, and so and people describe, and the fantasy world can describe why that is, but it doesn't make it not fantasizing about a race essentialist, biological essentialist world. And that's the second thing I just want to sort of note. I think... I think we're going to have a lot to talk about with, like, the women in the novel. But I remember, as I was looking back on it, there was a lot more than just women and representations of uh, non... We'll say non-male characters overall. Mm-hmm. Um, there's sort of more more going... for Because for me, the Demaru is what I keep coming back to as, like, what's he doing with them? Like, what what's going on with this? What are going on with Patrick Rothfuss's races? What's going on with Patrick Rothfuss's classes? Like, what what do the lower class do? How do they act versus like 
higher class people, um, just just these other sort of these other qualities. I remember also being um, naturalized, right? That the world has a natural explanation for why it is why it is the case that certain people act certain ways, right? Yeah. Um, I, I also I also want to like ask us to like keep keep our eyes open for that as well. I think we're going to obviously find sections of women being, you know, having fuck me red lipstick on, but um, <laughs> I, I think, I think we might do well to kind of keep other, other moments. Um, yeah, I definitely, you know, part of the thing I'm sort of excited to revisit is just the, the world building in this book. Um mm-hmm because that's probably I guess my area of interest like I'm just very interested in like how people construct imaginary worlds and like just very excited to delve into this one and see the stitching on it and how it's put together and you know kind of pull at that and see if we can tear it apart a bit um the other thing that I wanted to I made a note shit I made a note yeah um I just want like for the for the introductory episode and the posterity of the podcast uh on our first episode just want to give a for any if there's any like listeners who've never heard any of our properties we will plug ourselves in a minute but like i would say that we are all very very like leftist on this podcast like we're we're little mark stands here is that fair to say <laughs> yes oh yeah, 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 yeah. um <laughs> No, well, I'm I'm actually a neoliberal, so I'm just gonna <laughs> quit this, quit this call right now. <laughs> you're, you're, you're talking to a class reductionist here, baby. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about political economy. So yeah, I just, I just fucking that. love when poor people uh, just have it as bad as possible, and the rich are getting richer. That just really um, gets me going to think about that. Um. So yeah, I just wanted to say that because you know, I do. There are stuff about like both and money and class and blah 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 shit in the books one can't remember anything about them but we'll find out um mm-hmm. and then i also wanted to give myself a shout out as being asexual and like that coming into my personal read on the books don't know if anyone wants to throw out any more identity markers on themselves before we move on so we don't have to say them again i'm mm. bisexual <laughs> <laughs> um I identify as a bimbo, so like actually my sort of idiocy comes through a little bit. Just to hold the listener's hand, just sort of the head empty surrogate for for everyone. I love this. You know the like um bimbofication um uh image of like the girl with the um hair up and then she finds the book on yes. the floor. Um it's yeah, that, yeah. but what you're picking up is name of the wind. Yes, I already have my fuck me red lipstick on. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That um, that's really owning Patrick, I think. He's <laughs> he's steaming already. Man, what a guy. Uh, what I, a guy. I will shout out a friend of the show, Desert Island Discord, who um, messaged us earlier that he lost his shit when Patrick Rothfuss called himself Dark Rothfuss in, in his interview. So <laughs> Yeah, it felt oh felt very good, felt seen. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, if there's no one has anything else to say, I mean, we have many other things to say, but we will probably get into them in the next few episodes. If no one has anything else to preface this uh, reread of, then we can move on to plugs. Yet again, let's start at the bottom with summer and move up. 
Awesome. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Stellar Ghosts, where like you can find all the shit I do. I do a lot of stuff. Um, but my only other podcast is my podcabbages, which I do with my partner about Avatar: The Last Airbender. We're like pretty infrequent with our uploads, but they're still fun. So love the That's- podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Uh, I'm Sarah. I do a bunch of other podcasts. The, my main hub of all those would be Pod of Greed, which is a Yu-Gi-Oh! rewatch podcast. I also have a weird sort of Dadaist Naruto podcast called Never Believe It, which sort of so isn't really about Naruto, more about deconstructing canonicity as a concept. And uh, that's it. I just finished up doing another podcast about uh, Zeta Gundam called Wow Cool Robot. You can hear me talk about the Gundam, the franchise. And you can find me everywhere on the internet, on Twitter and Instagram and stuff, at Sarah McCostumes. That's me. <laughs> um, I am on Twitter at Diplobrocus, like if there was a dinosaur, but kind of a dude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, co-host Who Watches the Watch, a Discworld reread podcast, um, and our fun bonus episodes. And I also... Uh, occasionally, you know, like twice a year, host uh, Fred Says Fuck, a Scooby-Doo retrospective <laughs> podcast, um, where I'm sure we'll do another episode at some point. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's me. Janusz? Uh, it's my turn already. Oh, because Danny, I changed his <laughs> display name, so now he's at the top of the chat. Yeah, I, I realize none of you, like, my... my discord name is not my real name so some of you could be like what the fuck was yeah, this yeah just, like I, I just expected to go last again but it's fine i can go next i'm also co-hosting that show that lucy mentioned about discord uh, who, who watches the watch it's very good you should listen to it, it um uh also our patreon episodes are a book we're writing so um yeah we can criticize uh, pat but like um, what we're writing is much worse than anything he may have written. So no, we write much better <laughs> character, much more consistent characterization. I would say. <laughs> yeah, your characters never change. <laughs> uh, I'm also co-hosting a song of babies and puppies, which is a real podcast of a song of ice and fire. We have just finished up um, a clash of kings, which is book two. Um, check that out. Uh, every one w- once a month, I'm co-hosting the podcast Lynchpin in which we watch the good works of David Lynch um, our most recent episode is Twin Peaks season 1 and by the time this goes up probably uh, a wider tired episode is also gonna be up and oh and I also have a podcast about Sufjan Stevens called The Age of Pods we haven't uploaded in a while but we will have a Christmas episode at one point. So I think that's all of my shows. <laughs> you <laughs> think? So many. Think. So much. <laughs> it's. Look, Too it has sweet. been a wild year for starting new projects, I think. <laughs> True. Yeah, that's why I asked you to do yet another one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I know that Craig is back in. Uh, we can hear Dan. If there's anything you want to plug? Um, you can't find me on Twitter. Um, I, I'm, I'm hidden. Uh, I don't use Facebook. Uh, if you want to know more about me, go to the Johns Hopkins University website and read my bio. Uh, <laughs> no. Do you have a LinkedIn you'd like to plug? Hell no. Um, you can find, you if you follow me on LinkedIn, I'm fucking depressed. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, uh, if you, if you want to hear more from me and listen to me stumble and mutter and say, um, more, uh, check out the pot agreed episode where I, I try to apply Lenin's, uh, theories of monopolies and Luxembourg's sort of critique of imperialism to, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! and, uh, our man Pegasus. Um, uh, entitled the episode Marks of the Cards? Yeah, it is Pot of Greed Marks of the Cards, um. So uh, give that a listen if you if you're interested in uh, the, an introduction to how to apply uh, Marxist theory to um, we'll say uh, uh, media for the people. <laughs> All right. Uh, does anyone have any sign-offs? I do quite like. I just like to read the words "the Hobbit porn rule" that Janusz has just posted <laughs> in the chat. I, mean, um, I think that's I think that's wonderful. If you just read that off, sir. <laughs> I, I will say the, uh, the profile picture of this guy who posted this is a control alt delete yes, icon. Yes, it's oh, so no. good. It is. Oh, Incredibly I important. I just, sorry, I just thought I'd take a second to like skim through this before reading it out, and I've changed my mind. I'm not reading it. <laughs> um, can I read it? You may. The Hobbit porn rule. As I shall now refer to it when arguing with friends, is the best I've ever heard that argument put forward. And I wholeheartedly agree that it applies to The Lord of the Rings and any number of other books turned into movies, with the exception of Fight Club. <laughs> I had a similar experience that makes the rule just a little bit more real for me. I skipped ahead of a couple of grades in some subjects in high school and had a massive crush on an older girl in English studies who closely matches your description. Skip ahead a few years to 18, the first my mates had moved out and to a location less than a kilometer away from Adelaide's nightclub district. Way too many beers, a 3am tattoo, and our first trip to the strip club later. First main stage, full new stripper. our social medias so that you can engage with our other projects and maybe have a bit of discussion. Not so you can yell at us for saying nasty things about your favourite book. This is your favourite book, that's on you mate, and we're simply not interested. 